0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Boy, were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Grace and Truth Radio. World proudly presents life coaching for men improving their relationships with their wives, and learning to communicate for a more fulfilling and satisfying marriage. And now, Men Loving Well with Christian counselor, author, and relationship coach, Dr. Jim Slaughter.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Men Loving Well Show. This broadcast is part one of a two-part series looking at qualities that make a man a man. What does being a man mean to you? It's a question every man should ask himself. So I'll begin the program today by asking that question. What are the qualities that truly make a man a man? Maybe it's his age or his achievements or maybe it's how tough he is. My students would ask questions like this when we met at lunchtime for what we used to call brown bag theology. We'd just talk about stuff the Bible, points of theology, ministry, current issues, and how this comes together practically in the real world, that is in their lives. It was never a debate, but just an informal dialogue. It was a conversation between all of us. Nothing was prepared. There was no agenda. They just wanted to know what their prof thought about these things off the top of his head. it. kind of put me on the spot sometimes, but it proved to be one of the most enjoyable experiences of my teaching years. The answer to what it means to be a man seems to be different depending on who you talk to. Some guys may feel like a man when they get their driver's license or when they get their first car, especially if they paid for it. Sometimes it's when they graduate from high school. And the uh, answer is often subjective and stereotypes abound in our culture. In some places, it seems like being a man means you have to shoot guns and hunt and drive a truck and grow a beard and wear a baseball cap. People have different ideas about how they feel about being a man. I'd like to make this program a kind of brown bag theology of its own. I'd just like to talk about what I think the best answer is to the question, what are the qualities that truly make a man a man? The first thing, to me, seems like the most obvious. A man embraces his masculinity. A man embraces his masculinity. He accepts, appreciates, and enjoys the fact that God made him a man. In the opening chapters of Genesis, specific Hebrew words define this fundamental attribute. Genesis 2, 22 and 23 says this, Then the Lord God made a woman from The rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. The Hebrew word for man here is ish. It's from a root word, which means to be strong. Now the word for woman is ishah. kind of sounds like ish. But actually, it's from a totally different root word. Isha means to be soft or to be delicate. The woman is to be soft and delicate. The man is strong. And his very name and her very name, they indicate that. From the beginning, the Lord makes it clear that the fundamental characteristic of the man is his strength. This trait defines him and makes him fundamentally distinct from his female counterpart. God called Adam to use his strength to rule over the animals and to move intimately towards his wife, to have children and start a family. Because the man is strong and the woman is delicate, makes them perfect for one another. Each supplies what the other lacks. Now the temptation will be for the man to dominate the woman with his strength and for the woman to seduce the man with her softness and with her delicacy, and this for their own purposes. A man must use his strength to affirm and protect the woman, never to dominate her. The Apostle Peter uses tough language in 1 Peter 3.7 when he says to husbands that even though they're stronger than their wives, they're not to intimidate or demean them, but treat them with honor and respect. And if they don't, then their prayers will be held up. They'll be blocked. A man embraces his masculinity. He explores it and he uses it for good. Eventually, he comes to realize that his strength is much more than biceps and pecs. A man's physical strength supports his character strength. Things like courage, determination, faithfulness, righteousness. I believe that true men take a stand against the forces of evil. We pray it, we talk it, we live it. We don't quit when things are tough. We never give up. When we fall down, we get up again with determination to stand firm. We're willing to go against the flow, even if it's flowing in the wrong direction. We own our mistakes. We fulfill our obligations. A man embraces his masculinity and he takes a stand for what is true and noble and right and good. Here's the second thing that makes a man a man. Number two, a man thinks and acts maturely. He thinks and acts like a man, not like a baby or a child or a teenager. This makes sense, but it doesn't always work this way. The Apostle Paul told the Corinthian church they were acting like babies when it came to spiritual gifts. He told them to get over it, get on with it, act like mature adults. He wrote these words to them. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Eugene Peterson's translation seems more demeaning, but the truth is it's more accurate. He translates this passage, When I was an infant at my mother's breast, I gurgled and cooed like an infant. When I grew up, I left those infant ways for good. There are different words for child in the New Testament. This is the word napion, which is best translated baby or infant, not child. So Peterson makes Paul's point. These people should stop thinking and acting like babies. They should grow up and act their age. Infant ways or childish things probably includes the natural tendency of a child to be selfish, undisciplined, dependent, needy, unaware, jealous, irresponsible. Now, we expect this behavior from babies or small children, but we most likely are offended and disgusted when we see it in a grown man. I've known many men who need to hear Paul's stinging directive. Actually, some of them probably have read it at one time or another, but they just didn't think it was talking about them. But they make immature decisions due to their immature desires. A man puts away, he leaves behind, he abandons his childishness. It seems to me that true maturity often reflects a measure of sacrifice, don't you think? It may take the form of Patience, waiting for what we want while we help make others' dreams come true. Ours is a world of instant gratification, which tempts men to satisfy their own wants before the needs of their own families are met. A man who has put away childish things arranges his schedule with his family in mind. He's other-centered, not self-centered. So he lets go of some of his extra time at work or extra time with his friends. A man reels in some of his hobbies and healthy pleasures to spend more time with his wife and with his kids. He might decide to take fewer hunting trips, fewer fishing trips, maybe play fewer golf games, watch less TV or play fewer video games because his teenager needs more dad time or because his wife needs more time to connect. My friend Greg Matthews has led a life of adventure and daring. By some standards, Greg's achievements would be a model of a man's man. Greg has been a U.S. Air Force and civilian firefighter, emergency medical technician, special operations rescue technician, rescue helicopter pilot, fugitive recovery agent, World Trade Center attack first responder, and international consultant on emergency management and security. He currently serves as the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Southwestern Division Anti-Terrorism Officer. Wow! What more could a man be or do? Greg would admit, though, that he was trusting his accomplishments to make his life meaningful and to gain the respect of others. But in 2015, Greg was on a hunting trip with his brother in the Alaskan wilderness when he was attacked, mauled, and nearly killed by a grizzly bear. Thankfully, Greg survived through God's miraculous intervention, but with it came a change of perspective. In an epilogue in his book entitled Wild Awakening, which records the details of the attack, Greg writes to men, telling them what God taught him in the midst of the terror and the blood and the gore of the attack. This is what he writes to men at the end of the book. He says, Most men long for adventure and conquest. We have written into our DNA a warrior spirit, a passion to achieve. What I didn't understand for so many years, what I believe many men are searching to discover, is that the primary purpose for this deep-seated desire has nothing to do with careers or making money or with hobbies. The purpose of our passion is to pursue meaningful relationships with God and with our families. He says, are you like me, a man who's been shooting his arrows in the wrong direction at the wrong target? Can you relate to the idea of dedicating yourself to being the best at whatever you do while having a nagging suspicion that what you reserve for God and for your wife and children is leftovers? Men, he says, our families need us. For so long, pleas for attention from our wives, our daughters, and our sons have fallen on deaf ears. They are desperate to have their cries heard. A mature man realizes that except for his devotion to God, family is his highest priority. He thinks it. He lives it. He knows that instant gratification is almost always harmful, financially and relationally, so he avoids that. He refuses to sacrifice his wife and children on the illegitimate altars of fun or adventure money, or admiration slash envy of others. The mature man puts his devotion to God and service to his family at the top of his priority chart. He then can give his attention to the other components of his life. It would be good to consider what childish things you may be holding on to today. Are there some I've mentioned today or others you think of? You are a man. And it's time to abandon any vestiges of childish thinking and behavior that may remain. Here's the third thing that I would say makes a man truly a man. Number three is a man fulfills his responsibility. A man is responsible. That is, he takes care of what's entrusted to him. He finishes a job. He cleans up his messes. The buck stops with him. I wasn't sure where to place this particular trait in our discussion because it seems to me it's one of the very highest, most crucial marks of true manhood. It's right up there with masculinity and maturity. A mature man accepts responsibility and carries it out to its completion. He makes good on his obligations. He takes care of what's entrusted to him. When I think about this manly attribute of being responsible, The first person who comes to my mind is David in the Old Testament. His father gives him the responsibility of caring for his family herd of sheep. As far as we can tell, David was still a teenager when this uh, story took place. He was the youngest of his brothers, but he thought and acted like a man. He watched over his father's flock, and he protected it from wild animals. David brought food to his brothers, who were fighting the Philistines. But he didn't just leave his sheep unattended when he came to the front. He acted responsibly and arranged for another shepherd to watch his flock during his absence. David embraced his masculinity. He thought and acted maturely. He didn't avoid or complain about being handed responsibility. He accepted it. He carried it out. I think he relished it. Maybe David was a man before his time. Or maybe truly being a man isn't about how old we are, but about how we think and how we act. A man takes care of what's entrusted to him. For example, when we're paid to do a job, our employer is entrusting that job and its responsibilities to us. How we accept and carry out those responsibilities says a lot about who we are as men. The man who's truly a man will own the mission of his company. He'll show up on time and he'll have a positive attitude every day. He'll work diligently to give it his best effort. He'll do everything in his power to fulfill his responsibilities with excellence. We can be entrusted with the care of people as well as jobs. A brother, a sister, parents, or employees who work under us. A man considers the needs of people He accepts responsibility for. He uses his skills, his gifts, his experiences, and his training to meet the needs of the people who may be put under his care. Their well-being stands as a testimony to his true masculinity. He carries out his responsibilities. God entrusts men with the care of their wives and children, their family, A man who is truly a man accepts the responsibility to provide for them, to protect them, to instruct them, and to enjoy them. He must use their money well. Most importantly, he promotes their spiritual growth. In addition to those responsibilities, we can add the responsibility to take care of our possessions, the things God has given to us. So we perform regular maintenance on our house and on our car. When something is broken, we see that it's repaired or replaced. And finally, consider yourself in the equation. God has entrusted you with caring for you, you yourself, self-care. And Luke too tells us the story of Jesus as a boy discussing religious issues with teachers in the temple. Afterwards, he went back home with his parents. In verse 52, we read that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. These are the areas of growth that represent the four basic components of our humanity. The intellectual part, that is wisdom, the physical part, our stature, the spiritual part, favor with God, and the social part, favor with man. Theology aside, Jesus was becoming a man. He would embrace his masculinity, think and act maturely, and fulfill his responsibilities. This is part of what I think it means to truly be a man. When I consider these traits that truly make a man a man, I realize there are some areas that need work in my own life, areas that need strengthening, shoring up. So I will work on being more consistent and more faithful in those areas. How about you? Where can you more fully embrace your masculinity think and act more maturely, and more faithfully fulfill your responsibilities as a man? What areas has God highlighted in your mind as you've listened into our brown bag theology today? Join us next week for part two of our series, Qualities That Truly Make a Man a Man. In the meantime, have a great day, God bless, and we'll see you here next week.
1: Thank you again for joining us. Men Loving Well airs live every Thursday at 10.30 a.m. Central Time on Grace and graceandtruthradio.world. If you would like to contact or coach with Dr. Jim Slaughter, reach out to him on Facebook.com Living Well Show. Email him at jslaughterphd at yahoo.com or contact him at his clinic, Life Solutions, 817-232-1363. We look forward to seeing you again next week here on Men Loving Well.
0: Life Solutions Coaching and Counseling in Fort Worth, Texas is a full-service wellness clinic providing individual, group, and family counseling, one-on-one coaching for life and wellness, and naturopathic treatments of medical massage therapy combined with essential oils to ensure you reach your health and wellness goals. Sessions are available in person or by phone. Get started on your new life today. Just call 817-232-1363 or go to lifesolutionscoachingandcounseling.com or email them at lifesolutions NCC at Yahoo.com.